Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We would like to acknowledge the Turbal and Yagara people as the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet. And we would like to pay respect to the elders past, present and emerging. Hi everyone and welcome to General Queries, a podcast about the Brisbane queer scene. In the background we have everyone in the studio dabbing, um, which has cursed me forever. Thank you. Thanks, Nita. Thank you. I'm joined in the studio today with Nita, who Hello. is finger gunning me. I can't believe I continue I love you so much. I can't even finish. Can you not? It is I, your local asshole. It's really difficult to try and be like, hi, yes, and, and welcome. And I'm doing an introduction to We're it. just wandering out from inside the bog, just like <laughs> gremlining all over the place. You've got to respect the gremlins. Gremlin you know? energy is the energy. Of yeah, the welcome welcome to goblins. We all, welcome to goblins? What was that? We all just kind of crawled out of the trash and we were like, hello, we're here to record today. How are you going? Um, yeah, so today I'm joined with Nita um, because Megan's still doing terrible, terrible, terrifying job things. Um, but as always, we've been doing, as always, um, recently, um, because we've been doing this podcast for nearly a year, which is terrifying to just me, nobody else, but to me. It's to you. Yeah, just to me. Um, everyone else is like, oh my God, like, I love this so much. Like, you're doing great mm. things. Really, and you are. I am numb. And, well, hello, hello. How are you? Please explain yourself. Um, uh, Why are you here? I have no idea. Um, but my name is Alex. Why are any of us here? Yeah. My name is Alex McDonald. Um, uh, I think, yeah. I, I, I'm unsure if my name is Alex McDonald. Yeah, I'm still still on the fence. But no, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Alex. Um, I'm, I was. Episode you, three. Episode three, yeah. Mm. And I've come back. Hello. Hello. Um, yeah. So I've come back just on the request of Talia yes. to do a bit of a, a recap. Yeah. Together. We, um, when we originally um, had you come onto the podcast. Um, one of the things that we were kind of hoping to do was like do um, like headshots of all of the guests. Mm -hmm. And then it was by the time we'd finished recording your episodes that we – episode singular um, – that we realised that that was not something that we could upkeep already. I have a quick story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my manager at the place that I work in retail – I won't go to the Oh, details, look, we but, all um, work in retail. Yeah. Um, she has – she, she just has a, has a playlist she puts on for the shop – and one of the songs is Pop Stars by KDA. And when it comes on, she's like, I have no idea where this is here. And I'm like, do not remove it. If you do, I'm quitting. Because <laughs> this song is the only thing that gets me through the day. <laughs> Mood. Um, my friend works in like a pop culture store. And they, um, like, because Toy Story just came out. So yep. they're doing all the remixes of Toy Story. Because they get like, they get like a CD that's got like the month's playlist. Oh, yeah. There's three different versions of You've Got a Friend in Me on this one. On I want the bass trap remix. <laughs> Give me that. 
I've never liked Toy Story. It always creeped me out. It made me, Give me, it, made me it made me feel scared that my stuffed animals were alive and it made me feel guilty that I couldn't have all of them on my bed at one time. Same. You just you're just lying there and you just hear just really quietly in the background just God afraid. <laughs> Nightmare fuel. Randy Newman's in your closet just looking out, just like <laughs> You got a friend in me. <laughs> Some other folks might be a little We originally, when I when I asked you, to, <laughs> when I asked you to come on and record, um, I had been thinking a lot um, about like a whole bunch of things, and I was like, oh my god, like I have a podcast where I can literally just yeah. talk about any queer issue whatsoever. And I'm really glad that we've managed to derail that conversation <laughs> by talking about it's a What queer issue are we discussing today? <laughs> I really wanted to talk about. Um, Oh, for, for anyone who doesn't know, um, Alex and I kind of know each other through theatre. Yes. So this is going to be one of those episodes where we just talk Sorry. about theatre. It's, I think you've got to get used to it. Like <laughs> if I am 50% queer rights and 50% theatre, I have nothing in between. Even I have done theatre as um, mm. an out of school hobby mm-hmm. since I was 10 and only stopped doing it when I moved down to Brisbane. Yeah, like mm. arts, man. Arts in Brisbane. It's thriving. You just got to get on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... We uh, like originally. I was thinking about like um, like uh, gender rep in uh, spaces, like mm. queer spaces. And then as we were kind of like talking about that before we started recording, you started talking about La Silhouette. Yes. And now I'm like, maybe we should, maybe we should talk about Melt. Um, mm-hmm. And Talia, what is Melt? What is Melt, Alex? <laughs> um, I believe it is a um, a yearly uh, queer theatre music arts festival that the powerhouse holds i believe i'm not sure of like the yeah, the, the it, ownership it, of it all but it, it is held at the powerhouse pretty much every every june yeah and brilliant and it, they amazing. take over like the whole of the powerhouse they do um yeah and there were so many works that i wanted to go and see yeah and they all sold out yeah i really wanted to go and see um the magnetic north work whatever yeah um and they like added shows and then they sold out as well like incredible mm. um like the show we were talking about before la silhouette yeah. um which was around this is the third time they've done the work uh i believe so yes yeah so they went they did it last year at the backbone festival and then they traveled to london with it mm-hmm. um and this is yeah their third version um can, can you explain la Sil to me like oh, as gosh. someone who's never um, actually seen la Sil, um it is an underground speakeasy that you enter through a closet that oh no you you are, you are sort of let loose in and you experience basically Brisbane queer history through the lens of the idea of like it's hard to explain like the thematics of it but it is basically the the conceit of it is the the space is immersive it is a a fictional space that is a cabaret sort of drag gay club underground hidden hidden away and the audience is the patrons and they sort of are led off by by the different characters into different rooms and different areas and they experience the the stories and the lives of those characters through really interesting means and it's just back and forth between these spaces and and tiny little like little um uh, intimate private moments with people and all of that it's very very <laughs> punch drunky question mark no no okay no it's very suey okay very very suey. suicide ensemble okay. which is i think a is there anything um, I have to ask? Is there anything about uh, like the gay panic defense or anything? 
in the work? No, but there is, at least not from what I saw, um, because the entire conceit of it is the audience comes together as a collective and then they split off into smaller groups and then they come okay. back and then they split off into smaller groups again and then so you don't see the same stories. Okay. So okay. the ones I saw, there wasn't much in that sort of regard, but um, I'm, there might have been. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of politics in there. There was a lot of Brisbane history as well. Okay. Which, yeah. Was there anything that you didn't know regarding Brisbane history? Quite that- a lot. Okay. Like the first, um, the first Premier of uh, – Lord Mayor, Premier, Lord Mayor, Premier of Brisbane was gay. Huh. And the person who made and sort of created the children's hospital was gay herself as well. Huh. Okay. And there's, there's a very queer history in Brisbane and I – I had no idea about it. And like <clears throat> most of the parts that sort of were there that I was just thinking, oh, these are pretty cool. When my friend Riley Camajo, who was within the actual with that, within the actual show. When Love was, you, Riley. <laughs> Love you, Riley. We spoke, about, we spoke about it afterwards and he's like, oh, no, everything here was based on something true that happened in, in either Brisbane or somewhere within queer history. Hmm. And it's insane to, to think like yeah. this is, has happened. Yeah. Because there's, there's definitely Stonewall. There's definitely themes of um, that sort of like – what we discussed last time I was here, which is yeah. that idea of like the drugs and mm. that sort of party life that sort of has yeah, become ingrained but... into the queer queer community. And there's a lot of discussion of that within it, which was, was me sitting there like, yeah. Yeah, but it was yeah. – it's, it's an experience and it was very, very, very well done. Yeah. As someone who works and enjoys um, immersive works, it was just a brilliant thing to experience. Mm. Are we talking about right now? <laughs> what are we talking about right now? I'm petting a cat. Like I know you can't hear me petting a cat with my and my arms at a really weird angle. I just watched cat. the cat sit there and stare at you while you were staring at Alex for like a minute there, and you had no idea it was there. Careless whispers was playing in the yeah. background. It was it was beautiful. Um, what I actually what I think would be really interesting to talk about. Um, what would be um, because Sui does tragic trivia once a month. Yes. Um, and the way, um, you know, tying back into like my original point um, that I was kind of thinking about regarding like gender rep in spaces, mm. um, it, like where do you think theatre um, or, or performance or mm-hmm. the nightclub scene that we've got, where do you think um, like gender representation fits into any of that? Um, and where like are we kind of moving forward like – you're you're quite you're quite well read, um, but like, is you know I was having a conversation with someone regarding like Judith Butler, yeah, and and um, you know the idea of you know gender as performance, mm-hmm. but you know where where do we kind of draw the line with that? Because like as much as we want to say gender as performance, gender unfortunately is also quite linked yeah. to the Identity, physical, yeah. yeah. Um, so like what. What are your thoughts on that? With regards to sort of the performativeness of yeah. uh, of gender. Um, I think it's an interesting topic. Um, I, I think a lot of people feel, <coughs> pardon me, a lot of people feel safe in a performative space to, to question their, their gender and sort of queer their gender through that means. And I think that's a good thing because it can open that sort of, open up that world and that idea and that, ex- not so much experience, but that sort of feeling of pushing the boundaries of your own sort of self-expression to a new place. And I think it's, it, it, it is a pretty safe space to do that, I feel, performance and sort of theatre and, and to a major extent drag. But, um, but yeah, um, yeah, I think that would be how I'd answer that in that sense of like it is a safe 
or at least it it feels safe to do that when you t- when you put on another character when you when you you take on the the sort of demeanor and the persona of someone or or someone new to um to to question yourself are you talking about like just as an actor or are you talking well, about as an audience as well oh as an audience i think i can only ever speak for myself and from me it's always wonderful to see people who when they step up when they step up on a stage seem mousy and seem very sort of um reserved but as it goes on they become comfortable they become more into it and there's that change that comes upon them yeah yeah it's really interesting like having read a lot of theory Mm -hmm. um that like you you recognize you're constantly performing but you don't you're not incredibly aware of it until you get up on a stage and all of a sudden everyone's watching you but then you're also kind of aware that everyone is watching everything else yeah um and yeah you're right like there's this beautiful moment where people um get really comfortable with this. I mean, like there are people who will always have anxieties with, yeah. with the stage, but um, myself included. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I feel that. I feel yeah. that. Um, but like there are times when they just get quite comfortable with what they're doing and they kind of know. It's, it's kind of like that artistic, like I'm not sure what the actual theory is, but that theory of flow where like when you get into an artistic space, you time just oh, yeah. stops mm, yep, and yeah. you just move with it, with instinct, right. yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, with a as a writer and an artist, I think you probably yes, would know quite yes. a lot about that. It's great <laughs> until you realize it's four a.m. and I've forgotten to eat breakfast yesterday. Mm. That's yes, happened yeah. a lot. I think mm. I actually forgot to eat breakfast today, so that's fun. We'll go and get lunch afterwards. Cool. <laughs> Theater communities. It's odd. Yeah, that one's for both of you. Yeah. Um. Well, from the education perspective, there's very few guys. Um, at least with that regards, mm. um, at least sort of male presenting, male bodied, male presenting people yeah. within there. Um, not sure why. I kind of know why, but um, <laughs> we all know why. We're just not saying it. But yeah, um, yeah, I can't really say too much authoritatively from yeah. myself, but Italia might have a on how gender is represented in like in within theater. theater. Oh no, um, Catherine, who is was one of the executives of underground. Yeah come and talk to us and we were talking about um the way Shakespeare can be um yeah. like blind casted yeah. gender wise. Um and so I, I think that discussion has kind of already been I mean we can definitely rehash it no. in, in that like, you know, you I probably like, you haven't can, listened to that episode. Okay, that's I'm fine. Sorry. Um well, you know, if okay, to rehash, I think we came to the conclusion that like Shakespeare in is meant to be Shakespeare understood that gender is performance. Mm-hmm. Um and in the the recasting of it you find extra additional things in the text um that may not have come through but it's also like you can't just blind cast something and be like we've done it we've we've done it and that's it that's um like when uh the qtc did death of a salesman yeah qt when the qt um did death of a salesman earlier this year um they cast a black man to play um, the guy that offers uh, Louis a job, not Louis. I can't remember. All of those salesman. names are just, yeah. are just out of um, my head. The moment, so, yeah. so there's the actual salesman himself. And Willie. Then Willie. Willie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Willie has a friend who lives next door to him who's quite mm-hmm. well off. Yeah. Um, who at one point offers Willie a job. Yeah. Um, and Willie's and the friend's son is also quite well off. Yeah. And so Willie kind of. Um, pits uh, Biff, his own son, against, against his, his friend's son. son. Um, and 
in the original text, all of the races are unspecified. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, because QT cast this friend as a black man and then the son as a black man, um, the scene where Willie goes, um, I won't take any of your money, and the friend goes, okay, I'm offering you a job, and he goes, I won't work for you. Immediately, mm. it's underlined with, oh, we all know exactly what yeah. you're saying. You just won't say it. Um, and I think, like, I, I'm not in saying that I'm not trying to draw like a one 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 to one comparison between like racial struggles and gender yeah. identity struggles, but it's like if you do a blind casting yeah. in any sense, you're always going to uncover new things in the text. It, it, it's a very firmly held belief of my own, both as a dramaturg but as a theatre maker, that if you do any sort of show consideration of where that show has been what that show has done what Absolutely. any any show at all be it new be it old be it antiquity be it things you you have to interrogate it you have to ask is it relevant to say this now am i the right voice to say this now mm. what sort of changes have to be made to this to can it be made better the uh, the author is dead usually yeah. what can be done to Keep it alive. Keep yeah. that spark alive. Both in the the Roland Barthes sense, but also in theatre, a lot of them are actually <laughs> literally dead. Uh, as Catherine Kelly says, all dead white men. Yeah. Um, and so, like, to, to answer your question, Nita, there's, like, that consideration of, like, gender as it's presented on the stage. But mm. then you can actually talk about, I think, also, um, because I, I've been thinking about this a lot, like, the way art is almost inherently leftist um, yeah. or, or it's left-leaning. Um because of that, a lot of people in the theatre and art realms are actually a lot more open to variant forms of gender identity yeah. and gender expression. Um, so you get a lot more, a lot more play on um, expression than yeah. you would in like a corporate setting. Um, like, um, like you have things like like tragic trivia, yeah, tra- tragic trivia, um, and you have um, like uh, not to talk about my own work. Uh, not to talk about the work that I'm arranging, um, but like uh, like at Fresh Blood, there's uh, work that's like comparing, um, comparing and contrasting like a good essay, mm-hmm. um, like the struggles of um, like non-binary people with um, the suffragette movements yeah. of the, the first, of first wave feminism. Um, but you know, people within the theatre world are actually a lot more kind of open to that. And yeah, yeah I think there's, it will always be scary to come out as non-binary because I think it's something it's something so integral to your personhood and your your mm. perception um so it will always be terrifying but in the theater well in the art world I think it's a little bit more accepting mm. that does answer a lot of questions because I was just mm. wondering um because uh, you mentioned earlier about uh, perhaps wanting to talk about um uh queer spaces and queer friendly spaces and how they yeah. interacted with uh genders and identities outside of the gender binary yeah it's mm. but like that that particular point um kind of came out of like uh want to talk about the fact that trans and, and gender variant people are still really underrepresented in spaces mm. um and the fact that like there's this kind of battle that goes on um or well, not so much battle um but this ongoing kind of discussion on how to properly approach pronouns mm. and and whether or not like do you do you ask for someone's pronouns or is that outing them even though you're just trying to be respectful and yeah. then you know do you go out of your way to say i have like these are my pronouns like hi my name is yeah. talia i use these pronouns um 
or is that also in turn um, implicitly asking the other person to yeah, help themselves? Theirs, yeah. So it, it's uh, that that's kind of where that kind of thought came from, I guess. Mm. It's really mm. interesting, like having done this podcast for like a year. You're like I'm. I'm finding different ways to look at the same issues. Mm. So mm. yeah, I have a friend who um who uh, always starts with referring to anyone as they, them, and only, like... That's how I go about it. And, like, just waits until, like, the the whole... um, If they bring it up themselves or not, and just kind of, you know, just kind of, I guess, plays it safe is probably the way to Mm. describe that. And I think that's pretty fair. Mm. And I even even do that in my retail job. Like, I don't refer to anyone as sir or madam. I just say, sort Mm. of, give them some sort of neutral means of... Referring to them, yeah, friend, friend, or friend. Or, or, or dude, or without even using gender into it, just can I help you today? Yeah. Is there anything, things like that? Yeah, which much to the chagrin of the people I work with on occasion, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting that people can get so again because I think it's so integral. They get yeah. kind of like caught up in it, and they're like, no, you can't. But why not? I always I always tell the story of like, actually, no, that story is not relevant at all. I'm gonna tell <laughs> it anyway. Um, no, I I once I worked a retail job. Um. And this man came in asking for a gym bag mm-hmm. and um, I showed him the gym bags and he was there with a friend and he was tossing up between this kind of grey gym bag and yeah. this one that was um, like pink with purple details and it was a, um, a paisley design. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was a really nice gym bag. And his friend was like, oh, like you should get the grey one like because mm-hmm. you don't want people talking about you at the gym. And he was like really kind of – he was there standing in front of these gym bags for five minutes, like tossing and turning. Yeah. And he just turns to me and he's like, which one do you think I should get? And I, I was like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to drop all drop of, a bomb on you. Yeah. I'm going to drop all the retail kind of facade that I meant to carry you. Like if you wanted the gray one, you would have got the gray one when your friend said you wanted the gray one. Yeah. You want the Paisley one, but you're scared of getting the Paisley one because it's pink and purple. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you're not happy with the purchase you've made, that's gonna, for some reason, it does haunt you for the rest of your life. Like it's just a bag, but it's gonna haunt you. Like you're gonna buy it, and then for the next three months, you're gonna be like, oh, I should have. There's like a thing. jar in the back of your mind that just gets filled up with shit that you just regret doing, and yeah. then it just overflows every once in a while, and you crawl into a corner and watch Netflix and eat, eat ice cream out of the tub for a little bit, and yeah. then you're fine again. And like it could just be the a bad jar bag, of all but your <laughs> horrible sins. <laughs> the sin jar. <laughs> I once bought the wrong kind of soap and it sat with me. Uh, <laughs> the person at Lush didn't smile at me. So <laughs> what if, what if I, you I once walked said, in a, into a Lush and not had someone smile at you? I know, uh, that, that's it's why probably, it's weird. Yeah. It's probably uh, more like uh, that one of, uh, for me, it's the one of uh, I've ordered a coffee and I accidentally said, anything else for you today? <laughs> <laughs> it's like when, when was, two NPCs interact. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> fine how are you i'm fine thanks and you i'm great and you <laughs> um uh accidentally getting in the uh thank you and have a nice day to the retail worker oh. before uh you before i am um, they say it to you there's always that moment where they're just kind of like what <laughs> so so i'm in a i'm in a theater ensemble and the guy that um facilitates the ensemble like the creation of the mm-hmm. work um he has referred to himself as an absent dad several times over. And he's always, always said to me, as long as I've known him, I will never answer when someone calls me dad. And then really offhandedly during, yeah, really offhandedly during one of the sessions, I was like, Hey dad, can you do this thing for me? And he turned around and he went, 
yes, of course, Talia, I can do Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so now we call him Anarchy Dad. I think the funny thing about um, like the theatre and the arts community is that all these inside jokes <laughs> <laughs> that Sorry. I am currently not involved in well, and picking up from context. <laughs> but it, it's also like everyone's really happy to support everyone. Yeah. And everyone is just really kind of, I think I've talked about this before, like um, uh, you kind of make friends with someone by doing a project together yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like, let's go for coffee. All mm-hmm. of us, like, And then every like two weeks you're meeting up for a movie and like if somehow it's like having work friends but better. Because <laughs> I don't know, there's just something about it, which is I think why I'm constantly being like, you know, if you don't know where you're sitting with the world, one of the best things you can do is reach out and find an art space and mm. go and do art things. Yeah. Um, thank you for coming on and just <laughs> entertaining me with like letting me talk about things that I've wanted to talk about. It's been really nice, actually. It's nice. It's been nice to get to the theater. Uh, to the theater. Wow. <laughs> to the theater. To the theater. Um, I texted. It, it's great when you like have a whole bunch of theater friends and you're like, you should be sleeping right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, I'm at the theater. We're in Tech Week. That's not happening. Sleep doesn't exist. Um, you should sleep. If there's any theatre friends out there, you should be sleeping right now. Drink water, sleep. Drink water, sleep. Learn your lines. Learn your lines. Or your cues or whichever. Remember to go through your paperwork and please text your production managers. That's all I'm, that's all I'm asking yeah. of you. Yeah. Eat look, real food. Look after your higher ups. Yeah. They need it. Oh, absolutely they do. Um, yeah. Have you, you hugged your venue manager today? <laughs> Perhaps your venue manager needs a hug. Yeah, they always do. They always do. I've got I've got a friend who um he did a he did a show and afterwards I came up to him and I was like, Are you okay? And he went, I'm doing better now that it's over and just <laughs> hugged me. And then like he hugged me for a really long time and then he went, We're going for coffee immediately and then I'll do bump out and I was like, Oh Was okay. he a stage manager? No, he was a lighting op. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a fancy term for someone who. I know. Yeah, okay, switches. good. I, I I did lighting up a few uh, times for shows. Okay, so cool. I, nice. Cool. I know it. Um, yes, thank I've you. I've done every faucet of backstage at some point. Oh God bless. Um, thank you for coming on and just. Thank you for having me. Like, just what was this? I don't know, but I'm really glad we had it. <laughs> the potpourri of podcast episodes. I yeah. Love it. You just kind of throw things together and you're just like, I just want to talk about this one thing. The macrame. That I've been, the macrame yeah. of, of, of I've been thinking about it for a long time. I just want to get it on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> this is General Queries and we have been having laughing fits the entire time. Excuse me? <laughs> Nina, is, would, you, would, would you like to validate our listeners in podcast listening Should land? we not allow our guests to well, do Well, I was going to ask you and then I was going to ask Alex because... You've been well, I am down to do the validations. Yeah, would, would, between the two of you, I need you to do a validation in three, two, one, go. To all of those out there, remember, <laughs> look after yourselves. Please eat well, drink lots of water, get a good night's sleep, check your phone, and give your pets a pet. Uncross your legs and then recross them because you've been sitting like that for too long. That is actually fair. Also, you should probably do the dishes. But a lot of people forget to just do their dishes. You should do that. Your housemates are asking. Also, overthrow the government. I mean, yeah. I, at at any one time, I'm either thinking about overthrowing the government or the Empress <laughs> Ukraine. 
It's like a switch. I'm so it's glad because I'm so glad because when I said that, I got a nod from Zane. There's only one binary, and it's that one. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. For everyone out there in podcast listening land, I hope you uh, have hugged your venue managers today and petted your pets and petted your pets and thought about overthrowing the government. Um, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week. Bye friends. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.